Who are you? Personalities are like a box of chocolate. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're such a D. Well, wait, that's not what I meant. Well, <laughs> that's kind of what I meant. The overuse of any strength can easily turn into weakness. <laughs> Much better. Welcome to the Epic Podcaster Weekly Dose of Mental Foreplay. I'm Matt. I'm Jen. I'm Austin. I'm Joni. I'm Christina. I'm David. And this week we're talking about some personality profiles or some quizzes, tests, I don't know, things that help you know thyself. And also, you know, they help you uh, relate to other people. If you can kind of put them in the, I guess, put them in a box. I don't know. We don't want to put people in boxes, but I guess... We yeah. are putting them in four boxes today. Yeah, I was going like to kind of draw some kind boxes. of like Civil War kind of an analogy there where you want to put people in boxes, but that's pretty grim. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, so it just uh, helps you relate to other people. So, I don't know. Anybody want to elaborate on that? Well, Joni, I want to know why Joni likes putting people in boxes. Does that feel more Stack safe and comfortable? Bodies. Because we are... Just as humans, we like to be part of a group. We like to know what our group is, what we believe. We like to know what the other group is and what they believe and put them in a box. So I think just as humans, we gravitate towards labeling ourselves. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> there's this trend towards getting rid of labels. And then there's also a trend of over-labeling. And I think there's a healthy way to do it of just understanding yourself, understanding who you are, and understanding who other people are that can help you relate to life and um, get more out of it. I don't think there's really any true human group. There's no, nobody who, who doesn't either overtly or, or covertly like being part of a group. I think it's kind of that like, no, don't label me, man. I'm one of those 60 million people who like stepped out into individuality with 60 million of my closest friends back in the 60s <laughs> called hippies. We, we were not labeled. We were totally ourselves. Now we do the same thing with people leaving church. People like everyone is looking for a family to belong to. Mm -hmm. Even if that family is the family of no family. <laughs> like, <laughs> come on. Like it's uh, and there are definitely personalities that like that more than others. Mm -hmm. I'd say, you know, the, as we'll get into different personality profiles, groupings, the eyes in the room are the least likely to enjoy being labeled, but uh, <laughs> others who, you know, Joni spoke up, she's a CS, and so... I like labels. They like labels. <laughs> <laughs> they like knowing where other people stand. So, so Yeah, so this week's theme, we kind of, t we took three tests. They all have kind of four outputs to them. We took... The disc profile. So if you heard CS, that's kind of where that comes from. Uh, we took an, an animal test. I don't know if there's a specific name for that. Is it your spirit animal? Things um, like the Dewey something. Yeah. And then we took personality plus, which kind of outputs into the Greek temperaments. So let's go ahead and kick it off with disc. Let's talk about disc. Is that a cue to me? 
Yes. <laughs> You're the disc master. Subtle. Disc yeah, right. So uh, I think that's probably cute to me because I'm uh, with the New Age Christian podcast. I am currently doing a series on the path to enlightenment. And I started out with four episodes on the different uh, personality types inside the disc personality profile. So uh, all there's so many different personality profile testing things. I think, Joni, you found something that listed like, we were just looking at personality tests that like group people into four groups. Just groups of four and there have to be like 40 of them. You right. can go by color, you can go by all these different characteristics and it pretty much kind of narrows you down into the same four groups. But the different tests are helpful because you get different perspectives and just being a C, I like more information. So Right. So, and then you have like, so we did an episode on Lemon Leadership. So that groups people into five, right? Lemon, L luminaries, entrepreneurs, managers, organizers, and networkers. And then, so I found a test like today called the big five, and that's like the big five personality type or emotions or whatever. So there's personality type, you know, tests that group people into fives and then there's a test that group people into nines and twelves. And it's, you know, the, the 12 archetypes by Carl Jung. And, and we've, you know, our group has done a lot of that with our marketing archetypes and stuff like that. So uh, we're doing a series on this, aren't we? kind of you know That's we'll see how this that goes if this if this crashes and burns maybe not <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's um focusing in on disc specifically uh it is to me it's the one i'm most familiar with i did grow up with a mom who studied personality plus which is i know uh, matt you're more familiar with that as well um but uh there are different personality testing assessments that group people into four categories and disc personality plus and that animal one i think it's i looked it up it's smally it's a smally animal personality quiz um they group them into into fours and with disc the it's an acronym for dominant influencers steadfast and conscientious so uh, most of these tests, you'll find them kind of grouped into, you know, a circle or a square where you have certain characteristics above the circle on the top half of the circle or certain characteristics on the bottom half of the circle, certain characteristics on the left side of the circle, certain characteristics on the right side. And on top of that, you also have the fact that most people are a combination of two or more. Um, when you take these tests, you'll find that you don't, you don't typically just fit into one category and none of the others. You usually find one or two categories that you are primary in. And then some people are more balanced than others. I, when I take these tests, uh, for me, the S or the, if you were going with these three tests, the golden retriever and the phlegmatic, uh, or no, yeah, the phlegmatic, um, they're almost non-existent for me. When I was a kid, I was very phlegmatic, which is interesting. So, um, there's, you know, personalities are not meant to be boxes. I'm sorry, man. I'm just saying. <laughs> they look like squares on my page, so you could say they're not boxes, but they have four corners and they have equal distant sides. So, well, I've found in in my years of talking about this stuff that it can be one of those things that people they take these tests and they find out what they are, who they are, how they are, and they get some really great insights and they go, "Wow, this is really great." And they, 
a lot of people, you know, these personalities do a good job of kind of puffing you up a little bit. They say, hey, you're really good at this and you're awesome at that and you're really good at this. And then you could work on this and this and this. And people finish these tests, they get their assessment back and they're like, I'm awesome. I love myself. Well, there's a reason you love yourself because that's your personality. Um, and you've chosen to, you know, certain ways to operate for a reason. So, of course, I would hope you like yourself. But it's also an option, an opportunity for people to kind of become stuck in their ways. And they become a bit of a butthole because they just, well, that's just who I am. You need to deal with that. That's my oh, personality. I and, hate that. Right? <laughs> I'm so, just a jerk. It's who I am. Well, you do right. have an option here. <laughs> right. Maybe you can mature. Maybe you could stretch. Maybe you could be a little bit more of this type of personality in this moment. Um, so that's where, yes, it is about knowing yourself and knowing the people around you. And so in some ways you are putting some boxes around and some labels. Um, but at the same time, it's not about limiting yourself to those labels and to those boxes and just becoming a jerk by not, by basing yourself permission to not mature or giving yourself permission to totally prejudge others. Oh, well, you're, you know, my little hook at the beginning was, oh my gosh, you're such a D, which is a dominant. And obviously there's a, a connotation in there about uh, another insult about being such a D that a lot of people are aware of. Dominants can be very domineering. They can be very difficult to work with. They can, that's, you know, they're dominant. And so a lot of times that can be their persona is that they are such a dick. But at the same time, they're not always. If you have a mature D, they can be such an asset and they can be a really, really great value to the world and to a team and everything like that. So it isn't about putting people in boxes. And so my hook was a bit tongue in cheek uh, because for years I boxed these in to being very difficult and people I wasn't, you know, easily, I didn't get along with easily. Um, and I have learned to value everybody. And so it's not about boxing yourself or boxing others but it is about finding the different quadrants or finding the different values in the quadrants. And those quadrants, I guess we're going to probably talk about um, how they all kind of interplay together. And I, and I know one of the things we talked about uh, Matt in the beginning was kind of like, why are we even talking about this? And I'm just curious as to what, you know, anyone else on this, on this recording, why, why do you, you know, have you guys found this stuff valuable? Have you found it useful and um, I know I have, and therefore, for me, the why is pretty clear, but I would like to hear some of your guys' stuff. Yeah, I've always, I've always been very interested in personalities and how people tick and what motivations people have and that kind of thing. Um, so for me, it's just kind of a fun topic and interesting, and I wasn't sure really what direction we were going to go with it exactly, but I'm always interested in the topic in general. Right, and I like how it allows you to anticipate your interactions a little bit more. Again, you're not, you know, if you put somebody in a box, then you're not doing it right. But if if you just use it as clues to how, you know, if I if I speak, gosh, I'm trying to think of a good way to to generalize this. Um, if I speak in a certain way to a certain type, is it going to re- you know register with them, or are they going to register more if I go to a different intangible? I don't know. That was about the worst way to put that. <laughs> My wife agrees. No, it's very bad. It's very bad, dude. <laughs> I don't know. I think I go back and forth on it because I hate 
being put in a box, but then when I'm trying to communicate, I'm like, oh, well, I pull up those tools and I know that my personality needs this. And so I'll say it and I'll even reference it. But Joni, don't you label me. Like, <laughs> so that's, I, once I, I, I took the disc profile and I'm one of those weirdos, like my answers were literally like, you're all of them. You need to do more so we can figure you out more. And so I, maybe that's the part of the reason why I struggle with personalities tests because I usually come so close to being across the board even. Um, and then I think about like, well, one of my life goals is to be balanced. And so knowing that in the past I haven't had balanced tests, but now that I've been focusing on being balanced, I have more balanced answers. I thought that was kind of an interesting reflection on my own personal walk. Hmm. I don't know. I think that as I, as I went through these tests again, I, I had anticipations for how I was going to finish out because outside of the small animal test I hadn't taken any of them or you had I had my god <laughs> I will talk today I will do a good job talking <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I I'd taken the disc I taken personality profile or personality plus and I had expectations with the disc same exact thing as before I think the previous time I took it I was called a high eye this time a strong eye I think it's just different uh, administrators have a different name for it um on the personality plus one, the one that's really not supposed to change, I changed dramatically, which I thought was really interesting. Um, although the previous time that I took it, I realized that, uh, that a, I'll call it a rebirth has taken place since the, the mm-hmm. previous time I took this. And as such, um, I went from being this person that was frustrated like Jen was, like constantly having this like in the middle-ness to very defined, um, fitting you know, squarely in, a couple categories. So that was very, um, oh, that's, that's useful information for me. Right. Well, and I think part of it is even Austin mentioned, like when I was a child, I was this and now I'm this, like there's this development of our personalities and our traits. And so when you are a child, you will exhibit something else. And then as you mature and go through your adolescent years and young adults, you'll be something else. And then a lot of people talk about like midlife crisis, that's your personality changing and you developing and growing. And so you aren't really supposed to like to be, I'm going to be, you know, the same thing my entire life. Well, that's, you're kind of doing it wrong if that's how you're doing it. Um, Cause you just, you know, physiologically you change with your hormones and stuff and then your beliefs and whatnot. And so changing is, is good. Change is good. That's deep. Um. <laughs> I would say though, that it depends on the personality. Sure. Right. Um, some, some personalities hate change because change implies, you know, so this is going to the disc I'm most familiar with. So any, you know, your high conscientious individuals, their kind of their drivers is being one of their main drivers is being right. And so change would imply that somewhere along the way they were wrong. Right. And so it's kind of, uh, the, the slowest people in the, in the disc profile are C's because they're so data driven and they're so deliberate. So change is very, very, very perfectionist driven. And if, if I'm going to change, it needs to be for a whole lot of reasons. And unfortunately what that often means is I was wrong previously. And so, but then you get like the opposite end of that is your eyes, which are like, I'll change on, on a dime like let's do something different let's do something <laughs> different let's just yeah. and they don't care at all they love change and so 
change is good if it, and different personalities react differently to it. And just knowing that, knowing that about the people in your life, about the people at your work, about yourself, that, you know, there's people on this call that have embraced change because we've seen what it's done in our lives. But there are people, and honestly, there's probably not a lot of people in our audience who are enjoy being stuck in their ways, right? You know, the epic podcast talking about new ideas and change, you know, stretching into the, into the new age of being human. You know, if you're, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably adapted to change. You probably, you might even enjoy it. Um, however, you might have people in your life who think you're crazy as hell, right? And they might not be fans of all the change that you engage with in your life. And it may not be because they're, they're stuck in their ways and they're crotchety. And everything. They may just be their personality that their chain, their personality has a difficult time with rapid change and you may just love it. And so if you know that you can have some grace and you can be mature instead of putting yourself in a box and putting them in a box and being a dick. So you mean a D, you mean a D. <laughs> oh, sorry. A D. Well, you know, I think it's funny that, uh, I think it was the, the last, the second to last time that your, your sister came to visit. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, you guys have just changed so much. Like, I don't really know what to do with that. Like, oh. Yeah, well, and part of it, I wonder when we're, when we're talking about our personalities, um, for me personally, it's, it's very spirit driven. And when you, when you pull in that supernatural in, in the spirit piece, I think about that scripture where, um, and I'm going to butcher it, I sorry, but the spirit f- flows like the wind and, and the wave and it just tosses around and people think you're kind of crazy because you don't have a straight line because it's really you're being driven by the spirit. Um, and I think that's, at least for my sister, she's seeing this outward of like, you guys have changed so much because it, it's true. It's like, well, sometimes I have this plan, but then spirit's like, let's do this instead. And I'm like, all right. Um, and I think in the past, I'd be like, no, I have my plan. I have my three-step process and here's my action plan. You need to <laughs> submit, you know, a change of request spirit and then we'll get to you. But <laughs> as I mature and grow, I realize it's more fun when you are led by the spirit. So curious if you guys... How you guys feel about that? Well, I mean, we didn't talk about this pre-show, but maybe a little audible here. Maybe if we go through and just kind of like raise our hand for what we are, we can let those people talk about that personality trait or that that box, not box. That's a pretty good idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so any, any, any D's in the house? Not no, according no. to my test, but no. I know everybody thinks I am. <laughs> no, I am so curious now. Consider well, my interest. Okay, so I'm not... The other two times that I took the test, I was actually getting ID, which to me is weird. I, I don't really necessarily see that. But then the last time I took the test, I was a D-I-S-C or C, yeah, D-I-S-C. <laughs> All of them like Jen. So I don't know. But that little, um, the little chart thing that came out with it is really helpful, I think, because it shows, it shows your motivations and then it shows your um, – your behavior and how those are different. And so in my behavior, it shows that my D is a little bit higher than uh, the other ones, but it's pretty balanced overall. But then in my motivations, it's a little different. So I don't know. I think that's a really interesting part of the test is showing how, 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 and it even said that like, this is what goes on in your head versus this is how you express things. And that's interesting to me. Really interesting. I don't know. 
Because I, <laughs> one note, one of the uh, one of the little questions that it had, uh, it said, and I don't know if this was the disc or if this was one of the other things, but um, it said something about everybody just chill or something like that. And I was like, that is totally what would be in my head, but I would never say that. <laughs> Christine, I have a question because yeah. there, there's two different, there's the free version of disc and yes. the, the paid one. Did you do the free or the paid? I was definitely the free one. Okay. Free, did you pay for something? No. Okay. No, I was just curious because I was like, how did you get all this information? Because my, because I, 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 when I got my, my standard, your everything, you need to do some more tests so i did it and so i'm like how did you get all of that if okay so it was the there was a little generate um a report pdf thing mm -hmm. if you're a lot if you have like an account there and then it'll give you a little little readout of the helpful tip for our listeners make an yeah. account get the check it oh. <laughs> so then we have any any eyes in the house just just me <laughs> well your secondary eye are you talking primary or secondary uh, I'm here, whatever, whatever however close. Well, that's an that's important distinction from an for eye. our listeners. Oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so if it, for the four of the listeners, you know, you tip, most people have a primary and a secondary. Yes. Um, everyone has a primary. Most people have a secondary. Some people tend to have either they're a little bit even all, all the way across, like Jen has talked about, or some are just really dominant in one, and then the, the other three are almost equal. By and large, you could you know have your one and your two, and then three and four are pretty obvious. Um, so that's why I was just asking. You do you, sir. So that's your secondary. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll put a half slash in it. Yeah. By my detailed explanation, you probably <laughs> guess that my C <laughs> is primary, but it was detailed and lengthy, and I used a lot of words. You can tell that my I is secondary. <laughs> <laughs> So before we jump shark, we got any S's? Primary S's? I don't think so. Mm. <laughs> so then any C's? David, what are your, what's your primary? I would have thought your my primary, primary would be is C. And my secondary oh. is D. What yeah. letters did you just say? Yeah, I say C, D. C, D. Like compact disc. But it's kind of, yes. It's kind of funny because in the motivation part, the C is higher than the D. But in the acting, the D is higher than the C, or in the external, or whatever you call it. Oh, you have zero. I have no. I in your behaviors, it looks like. But that doesn't make sense because one of your yeah, other external. things. Yeah, your external behaviors. But one of your other tests, you came out as an I. So I knew. I was otter. thinking about it. I was like, that sounds kind of weird. All of these tests did not jive quite well for us. But Mine line up almost perfectly. Really? But see here, like in the animal test, they were all within, no, the beaver is within two of the lion and the okay. lion is within two of the otter. So hmm. whatever. So you could have made some slight adjustments on those and it would have changed. That's probably the thing. Right. Depending on how you feel about yourself in the day. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get to all that. Let's, let's, let's nail down though, these categories. I don't think we've actually talked about what the all the letters actually stand for. And D, we talked about the dominant and a little bit about the I's influencers. Um, the C actually stands for conscientious. And we've talked about them being the, the perfectionists, the analytical ones, the ones that need information. And um, 
the researchers. And then the S is the steadfast, which they are the, the people persons. They're the ones that care about people and um, supportive and dependable and easygoing. And um, so. And loyal. And, and yeah. Yeah. The dominance, their name is exactly what they sound like as far as leaders take charge and the eyes, you know, life of the party, Tigger kind of, you know, want to have fun, want to be, want to, they're the ones that, uh, you know, come in the room and yell 20 people across, hey, how you doing? And then they wonder why everyone's looking at them. So. Well, let's move it on then to Personality Plus because I've got it right here in front of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Personality Plus is, is based on uh, the Greek fluids. There's a Hippocrates thing. Um, and so we've got the uh, choleric, which I think kind of lines up with our D's in the disc. Mm-hmm. We've got the sanguines, which I think kind of lines up with the eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've got uh, melancholies, which I think line up with the C's. And so I probably should have said phlegmatics before that, which line up with the, the S's. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Person A Plus is just designed to help you relate with people that are in your lives. Whereas I think disc is maybe more geared towards your work life. Somebody can correct me on that one if I'm wrong. But yeah, uh, yeah, so I think this is supposed to be something that your temperament, something that you're kind of like born with and you can kind of hypothetically, you should be able to tell once somebody's like five years old or not, where are they going to fall into these things for the rest of their lives? But like I said earlier, I've, I've radically changed in these. And so I kind of noticed that it was after a, what I would call a rebirth, what did you guys notice? Well, I think that's interesting um, that you bring up what you're born with. That was one of the things I looked at because they, they use the words, you know, temperament and character and personality and all these things. So I kind of looked up the difference between those. And um, a lot of them talked about temperament being something that you're born with, something that you could see in babies as soon as they're born. They have distinct personalities, yet they don't have, they haven't built any beliefs. They don't have any experience, but they have defining characteristics so that they would call that a temperament. Um, They've even found that uh, twins generally have the same temperament because they have the same genes. So that being something that you're actually born with. Then on top of that would be character. And that has something that's characteristics that you learn. Um, I wrote down that that's shaped by experiences and interactions with other people. And then on top of that, you have your personality, which is your character plus your behavior. So um, personality tests, I could definitely see how your personality changes over the years because your your behaviors change, your experiences change. So um, if people are looking up other tests, the difference between temperament and personality could be really big. And that's one of the reasons why you might see differences in personality tests. That's really interesting and a helpful, I feel like that's a really helpful uh, distinction there because you definitely do see very strong temperament in kids, generally speaking. And yeah, I guess I never really thought about defining it that way, but that makes a lot of sense to me. Right on. So, Cholerics, um, you know, I'm just going to go kind of work through this chart that, that Jen has pulled up. Um, you know, their, their basic desire is to have control. They've got emotional needs that include loyalty, sense of control, appreciation, credit for work, and, and they control oftentimes by anger. When things kind of get out of their control, um, they default to anger. And, and that's, you know, to, 
uh, dovetail on that. Um, I think one of the cool things that personality plus goes through is they say that, you know, your weaknesses are essentially your strengths taken too far. And so when you take this test, you, you go through a bunch of positive traits and then or strengths, and then you answer, uh, you kind of identify your weaknesses. And that was, that was kind of fun taking that, that part of the test. Cause I had to, I had to choose one of the four options. Which, which of these is my weaknesses? Uh, I don't know. It didn't feel. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. And I think the other piece to note is that the, the four words have different meanings, maybe necessarily in having the book with like their definitions helps. So there's that to keep in mind too, when you're doing it. Oh, certainly. Yeah. The words that are used in the quiz for personality plus, I, I like when I sent out the, kind of, I don't know. I, t- I took snapshots of the book for people because the words they use and the definitions they use are not what I would consider common at all. But moving on to sanguine, the, the basic desire is to have fun. Their emotional needs include attention, affection, approval, acceptance, and they control by charm. Uh, you know, so going like the eyes, they're, they're influencers and, uh, and they, they thrive on, on being the, the life of the party. Peaceful phlegmatics, they, their basic desire is to have peace. So they want peace and quiet. They want a feeling of worth. They want a lack of stress. They want respect. And procrastination is the, is the dirty thing that gets them. And then lastly, melancholies have that basic desire to be perfect. And they, they need sensitivity. They need support. They need space. They need silence. And then they control people with their mood. So, <laughs> so funny how uh, everybody, I think, can probably think of they can pinpoint people in their lives that are high on some of these things because some people are a lot more even keel, but I can pinpoint specific people on some of those that are, that are way high in, in the different personalities. Whereas then there's some people that you really, you'd have to think about it for a while or have them take the test to really understand where they're coming from. Hmm. Also maybe go around the circle again on this one. Uh, Who chimed in with a, primary or secondary choleric i'm a well, choleric according okay, so to I'm this i'm not choleric at all according to this oh actually okay so i wait a minute your are. primary was phlegmatic david on this I test so. see that's what i'm saying his is see i knew it that makes more sense to me uh-huh you seem like more of an sc than a cs with disc, so a phlegmatic melancholy. Mm. But the, it's, I don't know. I have so many <laughs> relationships, so I won't start. <laughs> the benefit of taking multiple tests is um, yeah. like one test, they might just use words like this one, and you just have to pick words that describe you. Or another one might ask you questions and things that you relate to. So taking different ones is helpful because you can kind of get a better picture. And some days, you know, you might be feeling more optimistic than other days. So I, I don't think it's a bad thing that David had mixed, um, mixed things on his test because that's the benefit of taking multiple tests. Yep. Said the C. Right. That's <laughs> <laughs> <Once> information. <laughs> I'm a melancholy phlegmatic. <laughs> the D's are like, half the test is a waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> the full test? Four test? Fuck you, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> all right so i'm, I'm gonna jam through this real quick and we're gonna get a bunch of these all right so if your primary or your secondary was choleric raise your hand one two if your primary or secondary was sanguine raise your hand one, two. 
murder this pen. All right. If uh, your primary, secondary, we're phlegmatic. Raise your hand. One, two, three. Did you and remember that this is an audio podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I'm counting out loud if you hear me. Cleric was Matt and Christina. Sanguine was Matt and Austin. Uh-huh. What was the last one you did? Phleg- 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 phlegmatic. Was Jen, Joni, and David. David. Okay. And say your name if uh, your primary <laughs> or secondary is melancholy. I'm Jen. Uh, <laughs> Joni. <laughs> but it's like half of my cleric, so. Okay. What are you doing with these notes, Matt? I'm curious. What was your primary, uh, Christina? My primary was cleric. Okay. And then melancholy. <laughs> you? Such a surprise. No. Um, yeah, my melancholy was my melancholy and phlegmatic are two apart, but they're like way down. And then my sanguine is like a three. It's so annoying to me because I want to be more fun, but it just doesn't work for me. <laughs> I thought it was funny too because oh. Matt and Austin are the ones that are always saying funny things. And they're the sanguines. Mm-hmm. Mm. And again, I would like to be funny, but I'm just not very funny. <laughs> not in these things. <laughs> this is hilarious stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's interesting, I think, that you talk about wanting to be something. I know when we first took this test, Jen and I, it was in a church that was trying to help people work better in group dynamics. And so I was trying to um, help people identify as choleric. And and a lot of people were were really wanting to be choleric. And that was something that I thought I wanted too. Um, That's because the pastor was choleric. That's a great point. Great point. Um, I constantly kind of tested out as a phlegmatic sanguine. And I was like, all right, I guess I just don't give a crap. Like (laughs) I like telling (laughs) jokes and chilling. All right, we're good. Uh, (laughs) But since then... Having, I almost feel like I've, I've, I've put that hat down, like that desire to be choleric is, is, is gone. And it's like my dominant trait now. And I think about the things that I do for um, like coaching some of my primary things now. And I'm constantly telling people what to do. But I'm also, when it came to softball, I was identified as the quote unquote fun coach. So, See, and I think it, it like, again, it totally depends on what kind of scenario you're in. Because sure. the reason that I want to be I feel like, oh, I long to, to not have responsibility and just to be able to chill. Because to me, I'm thinking like, well, it's so nice for the sanguines because everyone's like, oh, it's okay. They're just whatever, otters, whatever. Um, they can, that's just how they are. It's fun. They're fun. So they're excused if they're like irresponsible <laughs> or something, you know? And so it feels like to me, it's like, I don't, I don't want to be the bad guy. I don't want to be the responsible one. But it's like I get, I feel like I get forced into that corner sometimes. And so it's the, kind, it's the same kind of thing as with like in a marriage where you feel like, oh, I don't want to be my husband's mom type of thing that some people deal with. And I think, yeah, it, it's the whole thing of it comes down to kind of what scenario you're, you're put into as to what comes out or what is able to come out. I think that ties back to my, my hook where I said personalities are like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. And I think the more self-aware you become and the more knowledgeable you become on these topics, the more you're able to identify in others and meet their needs. And so mm-hmm. as we talk about this and we develop ourselves, 
we are becoming the leaders in that. And you notice that and you adjust accordingly because you're trying to make things easier for others. And I, I, I love that you say like you, you don't want to be the, uh, you know, the, the serious one, but here, take this. <laughs> as, as, as choleric, your strengths are you're decisive. You work well under pressure. You're production oriented. You're a great leader. It just so happens, though, that your weaknesses might be that you're too opinionated, you're a workaholic, you're overly <laughs> intense, and you're insensitive. But I like having an opinion, and I like when other people have opinions. I find it interesting. So, sure. you know, I mean, like, yeah, I agree. It's, it's definitely something that can be a weakness, but yeah. I think it's always kind of perspective. And again, like you're saying, like, temperancing the things, balancing the things, I don't know. Sure. Well, you can still, I mean, this identifies, you know, it, people's strengths, weaknesses, and it allows us to honor them where they're at. And so we can honor the, the, the sanguine who's, you know, a people person who's got humor, creative and colorful, and they're a great storyteller. But, you know, we can also recognize that some, they're disorganized. They talk too much. They are easily distracted and they're often late. We all know that guy. Right? Um, we can look at the peaceful phlegmatic and see that they're adaptable. They're good under pressure. They're a good listener. They're kind. Uh, but sometimes they're too quiet. They're a procrastinator. They're stubborn and they avoid conflict. Whereas the, you know, the perfect melancholy, they have that attention to detail that is totally needed in society. They're good at numbers. They're great at processes and systems. They're a self-starter. They have initiative. Yet sometimes they lack spontaneity. They struggle under pressure. They're hard to please. And they can't function without structure. So it takes all kinds to make this world go round. And I think it allows us to just to uh, recognize strengths, weaknesses, and honor everybody where they're at. So can I throw a total curveball into this conversation? So go into small animal test. <laughs> go ahead, Jim. Well, we can do the small animal, animal test or the curveball is lion, ox, eagle, man. Ooh. Which is the four faces of the four living creatures surrounding the throne of God too. I want that. Go with that. That's pretty fun. <laughs> Because when you consider that we are made in his image and likeness, and yet you consider that we are so different. Um, you know, I have studied personalities for a long time, and there's a reason that when you dig into any one of them and you talk about, you know, the, the strengths and weaknesses that Matt was just giving us, or if you, if you, you know, you can talk about the, the drivers, the motivators, the lies that certain personalities believe, the, the things that, you know, the control mechanisms, Matt was talking about the control mechanisms. Like, there's a reason that when you hear certain things, you know, at one point, Christina laughed, right? She was like, oh my gosh, this, because you can think of people in your mind that are really predictable in that sense. And because we all kind of, all of humanity, humanity, 7.7 billion people can fit into a certain limited group of categorizations. If you go with a disc and you do just basic math, four times four, you know, there's 16 possible combinations of what is your primary, secondary, tertiary, what's the fourth, fourth theory, but, uh, <laughs> quadriary, quadriary, quadrupedic <laughs> point being, um, is that there's only 16 combinations. And so if you, if you went with disc and it, you know, you said, this is, this is equivalent to the lion ox eagle man of God himself. Like there's 16 basic variations of how humanity can kind of balance out the fullness of who they are. That's 
you know, that's, that's interesting to me that if you could just kind of master understanding 16 different variations of people that you would come across, how much influence, how much, how much ability to meet people where they're at, how much ability to be able to adjust your behavior, you know, let's, let's go here to get what you want mm-hmm. and manipulate situations like how you could actually be a better salesperson or a better pastor or a better friend because you can understand, oh, I know exactly what you need right now. And I can, I know how to, how to stretch my personality a bit. You know, this may not be normal for me, but I know you need this. So I'm, I'm strong enough, mature enough, aware enough, learned enough to be able to meet you where you're at. You become a very powerful, very, very powerful person, regardless of your personality. And so I think there is a misconception that certain personality traits are weaker than others. And that's just bull crap. Mm. Um, it's mature. Immaturity is weaker than maturity. And it is, regardless of your personality, if you can mature in it, you can rule the world. Mm-hmm. And you can absolutely change the world for the better. And I think there is a component to these, these quadrants kind of being the, for me, and we're going to talk about, do an episode on Enneagram, I'm sure. And we still have Myers-Briggs to talk about and everything like that. So there's other assessments out there with more categories and more variations. But for me, this, this kind of, I've settled into the disc specifically in the quadrants because it does tend to model scripture in my mind as kind of the four personalities of God and the four components of who God is. And we are made in his image and likeness. So I have, I've dug into it so that I can understand people and the full and the four faces of God, if you will, that I'm seeing in my in my fellow humans, and the ability to then meet them where they're at, and stretch myself. And I'm learning more in this in these last few years about how to change who I am for the for the greater good, and how to temper certain things in myself, how to elevate other things, how to stretch that comfort zone of being direct or being quiet or whatever. Like there's lots of different variations of how this can challenge somebody, but um, it, it it very much does tie into me to the fact that we're all made in his image and likeness, and it's worth knowing those who are different than you, and it's worth honoring them because we are all one. And kumbaya, I could just keep going for a while, but I'll just leave it there. So, how do you do you equate? each of those lion ox eagle man specifically to like the lion otter beaver disc or just a study that there's four different faces of god yeah when you when you throw in the constellations so leo Mm -hmm. um horus which and then um before scorpio i can never remember the name of the constellation before it was changed to scorpio that would be the eagle. And then man is Aquarius, right? And so then you have earth, wind, fire, water, and you have the different, the four elements, the four directions. So there's way more to it than just, you know, oh, what a coincidence. There's the disc. But I do think it does, you know, obviously lion, Leo, dominant. Um, to me, the the ox is that the burden bearer is the more the melancholy. The uh, eagle is the the influencer, and to me the 
uh, steadfast is the man. Gotcha. Thanks. That was good. It's really good. And Tina, I, you're not alone in, in, in envying, you know, another, another box or another category. I know <laughs> I've, I've often enjoyed Austin's ability to not just, you know, teach point for point for point. I was like, dude, it's, it's so organized. And he can just stop, trail off, and then come right back to where he was. Whereas, like, if you saw my desk, and it feels like my desk reflects my brain, like, just, it's there. <laughs> like, what was I talking about? Uh, let's just start back at the beginning. I don't know. So, um, anybody else have anything on personality profile before we move it on? Then let's talk about our animals. Um. Joni, didn't you, didn't you bring this one up? or some? I did. This was uh, the one that I kind of grew up with at church. Um, lion being your, your D's, your dominance. Um, otters being your... Um, I. I, yes, sorry. I was looking at a picture of a beaver and trying to talk about an otter. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't working. <laughs> the otters being the eyes. Uh, the beavers being the C's and the golden retrievers being the, the S's, the steadfast. And just kind of the, the same thing. But it, it was helpful to me, especially as a kid. My mom used this with us with kids to get a visual of, because a little kid can understand what a lion does. They're big and they're strong and they can understand a soft golden retriever or a funny hopping around otter. Um, so especially with kids, this was helpful for me and kind of stuck with me in understanding. I don't think I really got it as a kid. But it was at least something to talk about. My mom tried to help me understand other kids and understanding adults. And so that's why I like this one. So she didn't push like sanguine on you. She was like, Man, I'll take the easy way out and go with otter. <laughs> I think my mom, <laughs> I think my mom was the same as me. She, we're both beavers. So we like the information. So we are analytical, self-disciplined and unsociable. and those folks on duck dynasty are just content blowing up your homes with dynamite right (laughs) right so do we want to kind of go around uh did you get them all you didn't get them all let me stop go where did you get them um so let's go around the the circle here and see who's who's what what uh maybe your Primary and a secondary again. Sound good? Mm-hmm. All right. So, kind of, except my second, two, both secondaries tied for me. Me so. too. Me too. Oh. This is interesting. Does that happen hmm. to anybody else? No, but my top three were all within four. Hmm. In four and my three. top three were within one. Me too. Wow. Oh. One. 18, but. 17, 17, and three. I can't see your phone. I know they can't because it's <laughs> there. <laughs> But the, the weirdest thing for me is, yeah, the otter was the highest one. Oh, but, that's really but different. This animal, I feel like this animal one is the most open to um, change because it has you have four options that you can choose, and you're either like very much something, not at all something, or like in between. There's two. But hold on. But see, the golden retriever was the phlegmatic, yeah. right? Uh-huh. That was by far the lowest. That was. See, like something's that wrong was, with this. Like, way low. Something <laughs> is wrong. I don't know. Well, I think the the that I think that's the point of doing these is that they they correlate somewhat, but they also have their own strengths. Hmm. Well, I'm happy to report 
that my otter was much higher on this one. Ooh, exciting, <laughs> exciting. Okay. Well, I can be fun, flight. I guess, sometimes. <laughs> well, some of us are primary otters, so... You... <laughs> my otter. You got otter jealousy over there. <laughs> yeah, otter jealousy. It was what? 32. 32. Oh, I beat you by five. Wow, you're so, so maybe five just... Five otters than you. So... <laughs> <laughs> uh, just go around a circle and say what your primary was. So I was an otter. <laughs> I'm a lion. I'm a lion. I'm a beaver. I'm a lion. That's why I said rawr in the hook. <laughs> primary was a lion? Yeah. But My primary was an otter, and I don't know how otters, what noise they make. <laughs> I think it's kind of chirp. I mean, I got, on, on a fun note, 25 years ago, I was hiking on Isle Royal, which is a huge island in uh, Lake Superior. I'd been out there for about a week and I went into a harbor and I noticed a couple otters swimming around. So I was like, let's do this. And I walked out and, and there's about on like two feet of water maybe. And uh, for like an hour, I had otters swimming between, like, between my legs and nibbling on my toes and the otters and I were one. The human otter with the animal otters. Right. Did you know otters hold their hands while they sleep so they don't drift apart? Oh, that's oh, cute. And they play with rocks. Did you know that? They actually like juggle rocks and scientists haven't figured out why they do it. They just do it for fun. That's so funny. Yes. Hence, they're playful in this test. They Matt are. juggles his rocks all the time for fun. <laughs> That's what you said. <laughs> <laughs> Not today. <Yes>. Gracious. <laughs> well, <laughs> they're also excitable and love to yak, yak, yak. They're great at motivating others and need to be, uh, I don't know, they like to have a voice on major decisions. They have an outgoing nature. It makes them great networkers and they usually know people who know people. Um, they're encouraging and unless under pressure when they tend to use their verbal skills to attack. Um, <laughs> however, their strong defense over, overshadows problems in a relationship and it results in further problems. Um, otters must learn to deepen relationships. Be serious during serious times and respect real deadlines. And they'll probably, yeah, I see Tina laughing at me right now. <laughs> Deadline. <laughs> Just before this, she's like, hey, could you go ahead and upload that thing? That probably should be uploaded a couple weeks ago. <laughs> the deadline you missed three weeks ago. <laughs> Funny. Right. So I, I had that for otters. Maybe you guys, uh, maybe the lions could read their primary thing if they remember what it, what it was. I thought or I saved my, my email and it's not there. Lions are leaders. They're usually the bosses at work or they think they are. They're decisive, bottom line folks who are not watchers or listeners. They love to solve problems. Unfortunately, if they don't learn to tone down their aggressiveness, their natural dominating traits can cause problems for others. Areas of growth, lions need to learn that meaningful communication takes time. They need to slow down to involve others in decisions. Wow, Matt, you are making so many little faces at Jen over there. <laughs> She's a lion, I don't know. <laughs> rar, Dina, rar. Yeah. <laughs> That's I have the me. beaver one, too. Are you a beaver as your secondary? Well, yeah, well, I'm, beaver and otter were tied, so mm. I just like the water. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Are you a water sign? I no. Mm. No. Mm. No. Mm. I'm, I'm going to Google that right now. 
Mm. No, actually, I'm not fire. What is Scorpio? Are they necessarily no, like, like water, earth, fire? Yes. Those equate. Because water, earth, fire, water, fire, fire. air are energies, I would say. Well, they're also. It's she's, often she's, mistaken as a water sign, but it's. A, I'm sorry, mistaken as a fire sign, but it's a water sign. Congratulations, sir. What? Maybe that's because it was water before it was. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it is because Aquarius is mistaken as a water sign. It's actually an air sign. What? The more you know. Carry on with your beaver talk. Well, now I'm curious about these things. Right. Right. Well, yeah, we didn't even get into constellation. We will. It's our series, guys. Yep. Stay tuned. So, beaver, take control. Tell us about yourself. The beavers, our strengths are beavers have a strong need to do things right and by the book. In fact, they are the kind of people who read instruction manuals. (laughs) I do sometimes read instruction manuals. Uh, They're great at providing quality control in an office and will survive in situations that demand accuracy, such as accounting and engineering. Um, Because rules and consistency and high standards are so important to beavers, they often get frustrated with a mate who doesn't share these same characteristics. Despite deep feelings for those they love, beavers must learn to communicate their softness and warmth in a way that's felt and clearly understood by others. Areas of growth, beavers need to accept that it's all right to make mistakes and that it's healthy to call for help when they're struggling. Mm -hmm. Did we have anybody that even had a secondary of a golden retriever? So we can at least talk about that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't get the result because I didn't, or I didn't uh, get the definition. Doesn't look like it. Well, you're hosed if you're a golden retriever. Sorry, folks. David, you didn't have much golden retriever? No, I had no. His, his otter replaced his golden retriever, I guess. Yes. Oh. Hmm. Flippity floppity. <laughs> well, in general, I mean, we, none of us have the definition from the test, but golden retrievers are, I know from previous engagements with this test, it's about loyalty, mm-hmm. friendship, and kind of the idea of, you know, your dog is your best friend type of thing. You you can yell at your dog and the consistency of them being able to wag their tail when you come home, um, they're... Their weaknesses or areas of growth is that they can often be used and often um, they will be dishonest with their feelings because they don't want to hurt yours. And so their loyalty can actually end up being a bit manipulative because they're not uh, being honest. So, Good color commentary. (laughs) (laughs) I just made it up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, I think we've been going about an hour. Want to go around the circle on this thing? Sure. Do it. Um, personalities, do it. temperaments. Do These it. are fun things to do. To know yourself so you can communicate and relate better with others. Um, so we'll have the links in our description below and entertain yourselves and have a conversation about it. I think for me, the you know, I've done a lot of talking about about how these things interplay with each other, and as far as learning how to deal with yourself and with other people, I think for me, my final note would be it. It, it does surprise me how many people have never really considered knowing themselves. Mm. Um, you know, if 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 this is something you've if you've never taken an assessment test like this, seriously, 
try it out. Even the free ones, you're going to read the results and be like, how do they know me that well? <laughs> well, the answer is because there's only certain, so many ways to be a human, right? So there's only, there's only so many variations on personality and there, you, there's a reason you meet people who are like you and then you meet people who drive you nuts because they're complete opposites and everything. There's a reason that people, you know, certain personalities, everyone, then nobody has anything bad to say about that person. And then there's this other person over here that very few people have anything good to say, right? And so it's because we all kind of have predictable behaviors. And the more you can know about those behaviors, about yourself and about other people, it's only going to help you be a better human. Uh, well, some people can use it to manipulate. So it depends on your personality. Uh, I tend to think that it is, can be very helpful for becoming a better human. And if you've never done it, take some of these tests. I will say from experience that you get what you pay for. So if you take the free tests, you'll get some information, dip your toe in the water. But if you really, really want to know yourself and know the people around you, then you know invest in some um, more expensive testing and I've taken tests as, as high as $65. I've taken multiple tests that I've paid for 20 bucks, 30 bucks, 60 bucks. Um, and the tests do the results you get, the information you get very much does reflect the price you pay. I agree with that. I've taken paid tests and you, you do get way more um, out of them. You get your money's worth essentially. Um, one of the other things that I just wanted to close with was the questions that each of these personalities ask when they're in a situation. So when you're talking, having a conversation with someone, what is the question that each of these personalities need the answer to? And I found that really interesting for D's or the um, dominant personality types. It's how do we get results? So in any conversation, that's basically what, what they need answered. Uh, for I's, it's what is the big picture? For S's, it's how do you feel about it? And for C's, it's what are the facts? And um, that's helped me looking at my coworkers and like look, looking at my boss and, and trying to communicate with her and trying to give her the information that she needs because I might be giving her all these facts. She's an ID, so she doesn't really care about the facts. She just wants to know big picture and how it's going to get done. So helping me to be able to communicate and give other people what they need I found those core questions really helpful. I've, I have to, I know it's not my turn. <laughs> I've studied, I've never heard those questions, but I am a CI. And so everyone, people, anybody asks me any question, I give them the facts of the big picture. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's a lot of words. <laughs> hmm. I think that's really helpful um, because all this stuff can feel very overwhelming, I think trying to just like categorize everybody and just constantly trying to figure out this and that and the other thing. But taking some of those little, those core basic things is really helpful to be able to just, um, yeah, like, like Joni said, be able to communicate better or give, give people what they need. And the vast majority of people I would say probably are not utilizing these tools on a regular basis. And there's so much miscommunication and um, strife and frustration that happens because people are talking past each other. They're on different pages um, because of these things, because of different motivations and um, understandings of how life works. And so 
having a few of those basic things like those questions is is a huge asset just in life but also in your job in in your relationships um for me i've this is something that i've been thinking about a lot more in the last several months just in my relationship with david especially and it's so helpful i think to be able to just honor people better and not view people as being different in a bad way but just different than like they people can compliment each other and knowing the knowing the why is behind some of it just helps a lot i feel like in relationships so recommended yeah. well i mean just the fact that you can that you can say about um complimenting each other but it can also be seen if if you don't understand mm -hmm. where you're coming from those differences or those different approaches to things can be seen more as irritations or uh they're just being this way or that way they're just being a d you know um and so uh to me this <laughs> it's been a little bit of a journey because uh i i was that kind of uh person when i moved here to the states i had never taken I, this was just a completely new field of life for me. I had never heard of these categorizations or anything of the sort. And so when I, I remember taking the disc and, and, and thinking, huh, this is, this, this kind of makes a lot of sense in the way that I had, you know, reacted or been my whole life. And so, it 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 doesn't just uh, provide a lot of information, but it also kind of helps me mm -hmm. say, "Hey, you know, I'm not so completely weird." You know, there are other people like me. There are, you know, it's good. Um, but yeah, uh, I guess you know, being happy that I I do fit in a box. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Boxes are I good. I fit in a box. Yes. <laughs> what I am curious, I was going to ask this. Are all the boxes, are all the people in the world dispersed in, or let me let me phrase this properly, is there an equal number of every oh. people? Or is no, like no. I don't, I think it, even personally, it goes out of the way to say that, like for example, choleric is the the most rare one, at like fifteen or sixteen percent or something like that. No. I looked into that with the Myers-Briggs a little bit, which will be in another episode, but they do break it down into percentage of population, and it does vary quite a bit, actually. Now, is it, I think could, another thing worth noting in that discussion is the, difference, the different variations between different countries. Oh, yeah, probably. Right. I was going to touch on that because, I mean, um, yeah, you would find, I, I feel like you would find a lot of... Um, a lot of sanguine or more outgoing people mm. in in the latin culture mm -hmm. and so on and so forth but yeah i was i was curious because uh, i i was kind of thinking of the whole way that our team was mm. spread out yeah, yeah. that's anyway. interesting to think about <laughs> well when i go to the mall which isn't very often anymore but when i do one of the first things i look i i look for is that big sign that, that has the map of where all the stores are and then the first thing you got to find, though, is the, the you are here spot on that map. And I think these kinds of, of tests help you find out 
where you are. They, they help you raise that awareness of where you are and how you can relate to others. Um, cause you can think, well, okay, I want to go to this store, but if you don't know where you are, you can't track your growth from there or you, but anyways, um, I don't know. I, th- I think the ones that we covered today are super useful. They're a little more useful than say like, uh, which Disney princess am I, which isn't to say that we can't cover those ones later. Um, Jasmine, but, um, <laughs> um, I think, I don't know. It's definitely, it's, it's, it's worth the time. And I think awareness is a, is a key to personal growth and we're all about personal growth here. I think, you know, Joni referenced, I think some of the things that are in the book, personality plus, do any of the other ones have books with them? Does I'm sure there's books written about disc, but is there a disc book? I don't no, think I don't so. Okay. Um, so we'll definitely have the link to personality plus on the site. Um, and well, we're not doing that. Oh yeah. Oh, there is like a couples one. Yeah, there is a couples one. Sorry. Uh, personality plus couples. <laughs> okay. Um, I guess we can throw that up there too. But uh, yeah, good show, gang. If you like what you heard, feel free to hit up our Patreon account, become a patron, and support the show. If uh, throwing cash our way isn't your thing, or picking up the book through a uh, a link isn't your thing, you know, please just go ahead and do the cool things like like and subscribe and share all that stuff. If you find what we do valuable, um, it will help us keep doing it. You find us on the social medias under Epic or at Epic Ideas and. Our website is theepic.org. And this has been another conversation worth having. To be clear, my Disney princess is Fat Thor.